0: So tonight, we're doing spiritual disciplines, and we are starting with prayer. I have to say, just during this week uh, studying this, it's a very humbling topic, I believe. So I do want to come at that and begin with the idea that prayer is not simple. Um, I think we are taught in our churches from a very early age that prayer is like talking to your best friend, and I think it can be that, but I also don't think we'd be studying it so in depth I don't think there would be the thousands of books that they're written about prayer um, I don't think there'd be a lot of things that there are about prayer if it were so simple so we do want to start with that as our beginning point from last week I want to hit on something real quickly um, I think Peter mentioned it but a few others is just something about the spiritual disciplines in general is that they are not an end in and of themselves so God has given us the disciplines of the spiritual life as a means of receiving his grace the disciplines allow us to place ourselves before God so that he can transform us. This is, a, one of the major, this is a thesis of Richard Foster's, one of his main points in celebration of the discipline. We are not looking for prayer or meditation or silence or submission to change us in and of themselves. Okay? And so that is a very, very important clarification. And secondly, by themselves, the spiritual disciplines can do nothing. They can only get us to the place where something can be done. So the idea, the whole purpose behind spiritual disciplines is to place ourselves before God, is to invite God to transform us. Um, I think we can all relate with this idea, especially with just how hectic life is, different things like that, that um, are constantly thrown at us. So to me, it makes very much sense to say, wow, if I do something like, let's say take an hour on every Saturday morning to sit and pray before God, that there's a likely possibility that he may do something more in me because of that discipline. The second highlight is the fact that it is a discipline. Prayer is not simple. It's something that you have to enter into and, and take an intentional role in our lives. Okay? Um, for those who are new, by the way, we always invite questions, comments, uh, anything else while we're speaking. So just to remind those of us who are new. So, prayer. Let's just do a quick definition of what it is. And I also found this to be very interesting and difficult There's about 5,000 definitions of what prayer is. Uh, Some, uh, I think George A. Buttrick called it, prayer is friendship with God. That's what prayer is. But the definition I really want to go with is Foster and Henry Nowen both hit on this. So prayer catapults us onto the frontier of the spiritual life. Of all the spiritual disciplines, prayer is the most central because it ushers us into perpetual communion with God. That last phrase, perpetual communion with God, I think is one of the best definitions of prayer. What I believe and what many writers believe about prayer is this one of the most central purposes of prayer is to acknowledge God's presence. We know that God is everywhere. God is always present. It's usually we don't know what he's up to or we feel distant from God or or different things like that. One of the hopes of prayer is that we would sense God's presence even in the small everyday activities of cleaning your room, going to school. Uh, everything else that we do on a daily basis that we would know that God is near us. And the idea is constant communication and conversation with a God who is always present. So that perpetual communion with the Father, and Henry Nouwen says something similar. Jesus' life was a life of obedience. He was always listening to the Father, always attentive to his voice, always alert for his directions. Jesus was all ear. That is true prayer, being all ear to God. The core of all prayer is indeed listening, obediently standing in the presence of God. And so Nowen already begins a clarification. Prayer is not always when we're blabbing our mouth, right? I mean, yes, prayer is something where we do speak to God, and yes, in many ways, it does um, incorporate the idea of talking verbally out loud to God. But according to Nowen and many others again, silence and prayer tend to go hand in hand along with meditation and we're going to look at probably meditation and silence separately so we will focus in on them but we don't want to be too rigid like the idea that okay my prayer life is only when I talk to God like that's the only time seems to be too narrow okay so meditation silence prayer those things essentially we will look at them separately but again they kinda come together and work together and much prayer comes from listening to God first and then speaking, which again is a humbling thought because most of the time when I think of prayer or when I pray, it's an immediate, I just start talking, right? And so maybe, uh, maybe the idea is we should be listening first. Why are we studying prayer? Um, I think we need, to stu- we need to question this first and, and just to hit a few points here. Um, so first, it is not merely a simple thing and thus, like any other complex and important issue, one must study it deeply. Uh, Luke 11, 1 is where the disciples ask Jesus. They t- say, "Tell us how to pray." Okay, so people, these disciples have prayed all their life. They've, you know, these are faithful Jewish people in the ancient Near Eastern wor- world. Prayer is not some distant topic. It's not something that you know they have no clue of. I think this gives a signal to the complexity of the issue. Matthew six nine through thirteen is the Lord's prayer, and He says, "This then is how you should pray." You know. Um, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, and such. Okay, So there's a clear teaching that Jesus teaches on it. People ask him about it. Two, there are numerous types of prayers, and they should be studied so that we can know how, when, and what types of prayers we should pray. Many of us think of prayer in a very... uh, very single-minded way, like, okay, praying is only when I, you know, pray for my sick grandma, or only when I ask him for this in my life, or or things like that. Prayer is much more diverse, and so we will also hit very briefly on different forms of prayer and, and, and what that can look like. Three, it was a central daily event in the life of Christ, signaling its importance for those who follow him. Simply put, Christians pray, it is what we do. I think this is one of the most important reasons as why we must study prayer. The Mark 1.35 is a quick verse. Many scholars look at this verse and say this signals, this is a commentary on the average life of Jesus. So 1.35, so in the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place and there he prayed. So this is describing Jesus. And so many scholars look at that verse and say, this is a daily event for Christ. This was a regular routine for him to get up early, go into a deserted place, and pray. So whether it happened every single day or not isn't the point. The point is that it seems to be a very, very regular thing in the life of Christ. We see that again in verse or in chapter 14, where Jesus goes and prays before he's taken to the cross in Gethsemane, right? And he does this back and forth. He brings his three disciples and and goes back and forth getting angry at them that they're falling asleep, right? And so, again, it shows it's central. It shows that Jesus took prayer very seriously. And John 17, where he prays for himself, for the disciples, and for future disciples like us in this room. Okay, so these are, again, showing evidence of how central it was. Four, it was a defining characteristic for the ministry of the apostles. It should likewise be a defining characteristic of our lives as well. This should be something that we are part of. Again, Christians pray. It's what we do. Acts, especially 6.4, it's, it's a good look at how important prayer was when the disciples are beginning to spread uh, the church. The church is beginning to grow, and they're figuring out, okay, how do we go doing about this in a good way? They set up certain apostles who their only job was to pray and share the word. Okay, And so obviously, if these are the only two things that certain disciples did as for the rest of their life, again this seems to show how important this was that okay what am i going to do with my life i'm going to pray and preach the word (laughs) so i mean if that's going to be your job if that's going to be the very thing that you do with your life again that seems to signal some importance now what we wanted to do is bring up some of the struggles because when we talk about prayer there is clearly a disconnect at least as far as (laughs) my confession there's a disconnect in my life on what we say is the importance of prayer and then how often we pray or uh, how seriously we take this there are some people (laughs) there are numerous people in this world millions of Christians who will pray hours and hours upon every single day they take this discipline extremely seriously I know that I don't when I look at that I am extremely humbled by those people who will every single morning pray for hours upon hours before they do anything in the daytime and there are numerous reasons as to why I don't as to why we don't so the first is it's boring It's difficult. It's a waste of time. There are more productive things to do in the kingdom. So let's take off the board people who... Marginal Christianity, right? People who are like, kind of in, kind of not. Let's take that off the board and let's say people who actually love God, desire doing His work, desire uh, pleasing Him, all, all those sort of things. It's still tough to pray. Like there's just something to me at least. You know, I could be go serving homeless or I could... Uh, you know, get a job where I'm able to give money to poor people, or, you know, all these different things that we could be doing that are good, worthwhile ministry activities, we tend to look at pray and be like, man, that's boring. Like, what am I going to do? I'm going to pray for six hours a day? Like, why would I do that? So that's one thought. Two, we don't know what to say or what to pray for. What should I do? Like, if I'm going to actually do this, okay, I'm going to take an hour and pray. What in the world am I going to pray for? Am I going to go down the same list that I always do, the same prayers that I always do? I mean, I know I've gotten into those ruts where, I pray for someone and it's the same ten words that come out every single time right so just this difficulty on what i should be praying for three selfish ambitions we just don't feel like it i know i was confronted with you know how many hours how many hours in the week do i watch a sporting uh, event or how many hours do i do something else with my quote unquote free time right it's just i just don't want to pray like i know god's teaching on on prayer and how it's supposed to be central and, and different things like that and i just don't really want to do it um, four here are some of the deeper questions also is why is prayer necessary like why wh- why should we even do it you know i mean that that's a that's a definite question that would be a hindrance to prayer how does prayer work anyways and six which kinda connects to that is if god is going to do what he's going to do if he really is sovereign then what is the point of prayer anyways if this praying thing, is this magic? Is it incantation? What is it that, that would make this so-called work? Can we do anything to change God's mind? Can, is there a point in doing this? Is it only for my personal peace, or can things actually be affected by my prayer? Are there any things that I missed? Like, why, why is it in this room that some of us do not pray? Yeah, Ben.
1: Um, I think maybe kind of going off on a waste of time, kind um, of your, your original
2: definition of prayer was being in communion with God and being all here to God. And I think this is one of the, the things that I struggle with is it doesn't seem like God talks very much.
3: So, like, if, if the purpose is to be listening all the time but we're not getting a response, it's kind of frustrating.
0: Right, that's it. Okay, good. Yeah, AJ. Um, I
1: know also sometimes I'm trying to listen so hard that I miss some of the things that God's trying to show me. And I'm trying to listen so hard that I'm trying to look for every little thing. that's like, oh, this maybe this is God telling me. You know, if I have a question about something, oh, maybe this is God telling me yes or no. And I know for me that's a struggle. You know, like, man, why isn't God answering? He's not listening or he doesn't care. But sometimes he answers right in front of me, but I'm trying too hard and not opening my heart instead of opening. You know, I just have my ears open and not my heart.
0: So there's a spec a spectrum on that. You don't hear anything or you think every little little thing's a new sign from God, right? <laughs> yeah, Phil.
3: Like it sort of goes into like your last thing at six, but at least. I would say, personally, previous experience where you feel like you pray and nothing does happen, or it's ineffective, or you say, it did this, I prayed for this, and then nothing got for it. Even not even asking for things. but Well, I didn't feel, like, closer to God after, or I didn't.
0: Ken.
1: Um, sometimes I wonder how much quiet God needs. Um, like, the fact that you just, like, went away to a garden, like, how much quiet do you need for him to, like, actually speak to you? Mm-hmm.
0: Ken.
4: Maybe also this, the kind of like terminology that like people say like, oh, well, they're a prayer warrior or whatever. And it just kind of like gives you the idea that some people are better at it than others. And then maybe, well, these people are more gifted in that way. They hear the voice of God more. Let them take care of it. Like, I think that's one of the
5: reasons maybe some of us don't pray as much or don't feel like our prayer is necessarily going to do much because we haven't really heard much from God or things like that.
0: Part of what i would submit at least ben's thought of of that idea of i don't hear anything back i think that's a really significant one and one that i've experienced in my life and i think we can all relate with that one thing i would submit especially if you guys read henry nowen or probably any major uh, theologian who talks about prayer the reason why i think this is such a important discipline is the fact that if we are not doing this very often we won't hear that voice. Like Henry Nouwen very often says, God speaks in the very small voice. Like he even uses you know, that story of Elijah, right? Where he's saying, you know, God, are, he's not in the fire and he's not in the wind. Like he's in the still small voice in Kings, right? And so, but just that general idea of, we don't even have an idea of what God's voice sounds like. Why? We're not trying to listen. Just like, you know, we talked about how we play different musical instruments. Did anyone just pick one up and, and know how to play a Mozart concerto? No, it's a discipline that you have to enter into daily, constantly, and that all these people that I've been reading who talk about prayer is something you learn. There are frustrations, there are victories, there are, you know, everything in between. But if we are not doing that, it's almost like, well, of course you don't know what God's voice sounds like. Neither do I, because I'm not listening. And I'm not trying to do that in a very intentional, consistent, growing type of way. I mean, that'd be the answer I would submit, even though <laughs> I guarantee there are going to be plenty of frustrations. I just, in my life, that's one of the things I'm looking at going, yeah, I don't think I know exactly what voice, God's voice sounds like because, to be honest, I'm usually watching sports or I'm, you know, doing something else. Yeah.
3: If someone's not making a concerted effort daily or, like, putting everything into this discipline of prayer, then it won't be effective at all. It's like like, even you pick up an instrument and you start playing. Yeah, I might not be able to produce anything well at first, but I can probably make it sound and see some results. It's like, but prayer, is it? are you, are you positing more that it's, mm-hmm. hey, this is something you can't see any results, unless God just happens to like bless you with something, but you shouldn't expect to see any results unless you're fully committed to it all the time, and like perhaps six hours a day, right
0: I don't know. No, because I think God's grace is, is too big for that. I mean, I know some of them, even uh, Richard Foster himself talks about sometimes little children's prayers are are abnormally effective because sometimes it has to do with their faith or all kinds of things so no I don't think it's only for those who who do this so I do believe that even people who are not super consistent and super uh, concerned on their efforts can and may be effective in certain cases I also think this is like anything else if we learn and actually try to do this I believe we'll probably see better results yeah.
1: Isn't
6: everything that we do a sign of prayer? I mean, when somebody's committed their life to Christ, uh, being in communion, being obedient. So when you're talking about prayer, are you talking about um, a certain style or
0: No, I mean I think I think that's a, a very broad definition of prayer that, that also works. I don't think it's it's not that. I would also submit that there have been numerous times where I can be in ministry or, or doing things and my mind and my heart are in other places. You know, like I mean a lot we talk about that a lot, right? You're sitting in the midst trying to serve God and missing him while you're doing it, right? You know, I mean, I, I think it is I would say it's a it's a mutual union of what you're doing outwardly and inwardly, that it's before God and that it's in constantly placing yourself before him. So I just think that you can you can do great things and and those are prayers in and of themselves and at the same time. I know numerous, you know, I've had, I've had deep conversations with people or, or deep things where my mind's somewhere else, you know, like you're present but not present. And I think part of prayer is that idea of continually acknowledging God and, and, and trying to intentionally, you know, worship Him and speak to Him and, and be filled by Him. Does that make sense? I mean, I, I agree with your general idea of there are lots of things that we do in life that are prayers to God. Yeah?
7: Well, um, like results, like... Like, what's, why are we praying to God anyways? It's not like he's this genie. We, like, if we pray so many hours a day, then he's going to give us what we want or whatever we're asking for. Like, the reason we pray isn't necessarily to get results. It's like like that definition you had earlier. It's like to be in communion with God, like to spend time with him, to communicate, like, like what's on your heart and what are you worried about, like stuff like that. Not so much that I'm praying so X, Y, Z can happen because this is what I feel like is the best thing to happen. Like, we don't know what the best thing to happen is. Right. And, like, I think our reason, our number one reason should be, and oftentimes it's not, is just to spend time with God, and not so much to rub the magic lamp and get a result that we like.
0: I think God reveals His will to us. You know, I mean, one, I mean, He's given us the Scriptures, and there are many other ways that He has very clearly showed us what He desires and what He wants. I would submit, especially when you when you read so many people on prayer, is that God will speak and lead us and guide us into specific things in specific moments. You know, I mean, I, you know, everyone has those people who like tell the stories of, you know, I'm driving down the road, there's a car on the side, and they just felt the Lord saying, hey, pull over and talk to that car and help them out. You know, I mean, those type of inclinations can be something from God. You know, those, those type of, uh, those leadings and, and different things are good. Um, and I think we, I think sometimes, we talked about this before when we were dealing with miracles, the idea that we many times save ourselves from from praying too risky of a prayer right like we are afraid of saying you know this person's gonna die of cancer and actually praying as though they could be healing right we usually step back into the well you know like if you'd like to save them that'd be nice and we really want you to but if you don't then you know that's your will you know that sort of thing like we go into what i call i'm calling a little bit of fatalism in prayer right we pray as if well we, we can't really change anything anyways And so I'll do my safe little prayer to say, well, whatever. Yeah, go ahead.
8: There are cases of people, though, who spent decades of their life in service and prayer in their memoirs and their diaries. They said they never heard God at all. And one example that comes to mind is Mother Teresa, who it was after she died, collected a lot of her writing. I don't know, 40 years. It was just an incredibly long time. the last part of her life. She didn't feel anything and didn't feel connected at all, and it's it's hard (laughs) to imagine someone like her not praying, not, you know, practicing these disciplines, so um, I don't feel, or I don't know necessarily that uh, the discipline itself is going to get you the the thing that you expect, necessarily. That for the rest of us who can't, uh, or who might not live up to the example of Mother Teresa, it just becomes a little daunting. To expect any result at all. Why? Why wouldn't it come from someone who was so virtuous and uh, so dedicated?
1: I think the other thing that we struggle with is trying to make. To me, when I pray, so, it feels like a conversation that I'm trying to have with God. You know, trying to allow that, uh, you know, that that conversation to be open. But I feel like we're struggling to create one definition of prayer to fit everybody's needs. You know, I think everybody prays differently. So that's why we're struggling. With different, you know, we have different results. Like we pray at different times. Like some people can pray an hour and feel great. Some people can pray five minutes on their, you know, car ride to work and feel equally as great. So I think that's the thing that, at least for me, struggling with. Like if people pray better, pray worse than myself. You know what I mean? Right.
7: I guess what I think of is like, how can you tell when you're praying, like that that you're actually hearing God's voice, and how do you discern that from? like, your own voice, your own feelings, people say, well, um, I, I thought that was from a, from God. Like, how can you tell that? It just seems so subjective to me. Um, yeah, just getting that discernment on what, when, when you're actually hearing from God and when it's something that's good, but it might not be <clears throat> God's voice.
6: Yeah. I think what, like, Mother Teresa, she did impact the lives of so many people, but like, we have the capability to do that, and we serve such a big God and it it saddened me to think that because they read her journals and she was being honest with herself and maybe she was just too scared to tell people that she wasn't feeling anything or, and that just makes me think like there's probably pastors out there that their spiritual life, like they're not hearing God and they're not feeling God, but they don't want to let anybody down and that's when, as a community, that's how we should be, like, even I think of how many times, like, we should go to John and pray for him and for you know carrying Exodus and doing things like that because I don't know like we're we're all a body of Christ together and we're all His children and we can you know be just as powerful as Mother Teresa as you know me as being a nanny like I can impact somebody just as much as she did if I really allow God to do that and if I'm yeah. open to doing that.
0: Right. So I don't
6: know like I just.
0: I think these are all <laughs> really good points.
6: <laughs> I know there's a lot of comments. Um, Expression of doubt could be prayer as well. You know, we say, "Oh, well, we're only supposed to be really faithful and pray." How amazing God is, and I think if we say, "God, I don't really think you're being cool right now," mm-hmm. I think that's prayer. So I would, I would stress that Mother Teresa's diaries were prayers of doubt, and that's just a part of the cycle, the journey of yeah. our spiritual
0: law. I think that's really important. Um, again, honestly, look at the Psalms. Like, look at. I think something that I've, I've seen. You know, we talk about having this close relationship with God, you know, Jesus is my best friend, those sort of things. Like, I would hope that even we have relationships here on earth when we are deeply doubting life, we are able to speak openly and honestly with those people. Like, why does that not transition to God? Like, if he's supposed to be our close friend, you know, all these things. Like, if we're supposed to have an honest, growing, healthy relationship with god part of that comes with brutal honesty um, i'm very convinced that god can handle that i mean the things that david says to, to god with showing anger showing fear showing uh, all these things like they're, they're there right in the scriptures they, it's something that we can model it's something that we can truly learn from and sit there and say part of learning prayer is doing it in the trenches I mean, it's really. I mean, that's and and so things like sh- conveying doubt, having, growing a relationship with God involves communication and attempting to know Him more. Um, and so whether that God confuses us because His highs and wa- His ways and thoughts are higher than ours, that's pretty much a given, right? I mean, we should be frustrated. It wouldn't make sense to me if if you know if we're trying to enter into a relationship with God that we would get everything. It's just we can't we can't even do that with each other, right? I mean. We can learn so much about each other but you see married couples you see everyone where you're like i am still learning about my spouse <laughs> and i will do that for the rest of my life because relationships are are sticky they're difficult they're it's an interesting thing um so i wish i could we could answer all these different things um what i want to do is tack just a couple of the ideas of the fatalism of prayer because the problem with fatalism in prayer is that we end up not praying at all right i mean the the general backdrop is that, well, if it's not going to matter or if I'm frustrated or we're just going to see it phase more and more out of our lives. And so I want to just hit a couple things. Is One, so we're commanded to pray by the Lord, and, and if for no other reason, we should do so in obedience to him. So Paul tells us, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Pray in the Spirit at all times in every prayer and supplication. And we spoke earlier when we did our Matthew series, it's and when you pray. So there's an assumption of prayer as being who we are and what we do. This is not the place where I'm sitting here, let's stay that way. Okay, Let's, let's Okay, if I never learn anything about prayer, uh, then two thumbs up, I'll just keep doing it. Like, this is a minimum thing. All I'm saying is, even in our moments of frustration, in our difficulties, in our, I am not getting this prayer thing, I don't know if I'm ever going to. Um, to keep praying, you know, even with Mother Teresa, I mean, she's sitting there, maybe feeling distant to God, but I would agree with Angela, like, those are prayers. Like, those are... There's still a attempt. She was trying to seek God very obviously throughout everything she did in her life. Don't give up. Like that's, that's my ultimate point on, on this. Second, the Bible does not promote a view that the world and its courts are fixed. That theology is much closer to stoicism or fate than a biblical understanding. Just as our actions matter, so do our prayers. Um, and so one verse, so for we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. We believe that that Christ is coming again. There may be some things that are fixed and we're waiting for God to bring them about. Um, We absolutely believe that God is sovereign over all events. But I'm convinced that throughout our history, throughout in the Bible and, and the early church and throughout our centuries, people would not devote their lives to something that doesn't matter. I do not believe people would go into monasteries and serve the poor and pray for hours upon each day if it didn't matter. Like, if there was no point, well, God's going to do whatever. Even if it's, whether it's personal transformation, whether it's transformation in the world, I would argue it's all of those things. Prayer does not, at least as a biblical understanding, prayer is not a meaningless thing.
3: I agree with you. I, I believe that our prayers and actions matter. But I don't think that has to mean that, like, time itself is fixed. It's like, it could go either way. Like, I believe God knows what's going to happen. The way he knows what's going to happen is if it's fixed. You, know, you can't say, well, he knows what's going to happen, still ultimately, like it's fixed one way or the other.
0: But that's, that's totally taking out free will. And so if there is free will, then not everything is fixed, right? Like the Stoics believe that fate runs the universe, right? So that in the cosmic world, something we are going to be led down a certain path. there's nothing we can do. So the best way to live is to accept everything, is to, to exist at a place where you have no hopes. No desires, no nothing, because then you won't be hurt when, you know, the evil things happen because it's fate anyways. That's not a biblical understanding. Like that idea that everything is going to happen just the way it is and there's nothing, that's, that's fate. Yeah, right.
7: Just, I just want to say two things. You know, if we just, like, have the attitude of, you know, oh, we're just going to lay back because God, you know, whatever God's going to do, he's going to do, and I'm not going to do anything, then I don't think the Bible would emphasize so much on our actions, like with our faith and have actions and right. pray. And to go out there and do things, because if we're not going to be able to pick up and go, as Jesus talks about so much in the Gospels, then (coughs) God's going to be able to do His work in us for that. And, you know, just going back to the prayer thing, you know, how we were talking about a little bit with doubts, like doubts communication, where you just open up to the Lord about what you're thinking about, what's going on. But I think there's other forms of prayer as well, besides just speaking to the Lord as, you know, Um, you know there's shouts for joy there's like singing with worship like God can speak to us through song and through a lot of other things to where it's not just narrowed down to like oh you know I need to sit in silence and and like you know be bored to death waiting for God to do something you know what I mean there's other things that God can speak to us through that we need to really you know be at ear to to really you know because I mean he can speak to us through different ways you know.
0: Yeah, I don't want to get bogged down in free will and predestination because those those can come up. But Moses prays to God, and God, you know, the Bible says that he changed his mind. So whether that's how that plays out, we're not exactly sure. But Elijah heals a dead child. Um, Elijah challenged false prophets and won. You know, he has the the fire lights the fire on the altar on fire. Um, Daniel prayed to an angel to come to his aid to give him revelation, and it, that angel reveals that you know he was fighting off their supernatural forces to even answer his prayer. Um, Jesus was able to heal a demon-possessed boy when his disciples couldn't so showing that that there was there did seem to be an effectiveness to prayer that that Christ had that his disciples didn't in that occasion um, and then another one which I already mentioned so the prayer and serving of the word were important enough to make it the sole duties of a few some of selected apostles. yeah I think like the
4: huge thing with prayer is, like I kind of agree with Dan's like expectation to what prayer is. And I think we're supposed to engage in all those types of prayer, you know, whether it be doubt, or praising, or talking, and it's just, it's difficult because it's complex. What you expect, how you think prayer to work, and we're taught things, like prayer works in conjunction with faith, or, you know, if it's for something that you want to have happen, but if it's just for, like, community with Christ, then you can just talk to God, and that's fine, and it's like, sometimes I feel like, okay, I'm going to give up the whole Asking for things, that's not my expectation. And i this is like a really healthy way to go. Like, this is healthy. Like, I'm just going to like, Lord, I just want to be with you. And it's great. And I and I grow closer to him. But at the expense of some of my faith in the type of prayer where it's like, do this. And I'll ask right. God, like, heal this person. Or I'll, like, I'll ask. I don't care. I'll put it out there.
1: But in my mind,
4: I'm like, but it's all up to you. And I'll love you anyway. And this is only about community, right. like, with you. So I'm still going to feel close to you. I'm honest with myself. And I'm like, well i totally believe god you can do this but maybe everything yeah. i've prayed that things changed so then i stopped doing it because i'm like i'm not doing yeah. it right i don't have the right kind of faith to do it like all these things that were taught yeah. throughout the years of christianity of prayer work
0: yeah i mean I'm, I'm completely challenged by the way that people in the bible pray i don't have you know, it's the major answers to why, you know, when I pray with faith or when I have some doubt, does that negate my prayers? I don't know how or why or in what sense God chooses to answer some prayers over others or all those things. I really don't know. But I know that these people interacted with God as though it mattered. They didn't back up into, well, I just won't pray or, well, God is just going to do. Whatever he's gonna do, like whatever you think with, with Moses especially, like God offers Moses a very nice offer there. Like Moses has gone up to the mountain, he's given these things, they decide to construct this idol and worship it. God is ready to wipe them out. Moses says, No, and God says, you know, I'm gonna start over with you and and build my people through you. So we're still gonna have the Israelites, we're just gonna go through you. So I mean, not a bad offer for Moses. Like he could have been like, okay, they did sin, they did do that. That sounds good, you've already made up your mind. Instead, he appeals to God's compassion, love, whatever, and God decides, okay, we won't wipe out the Israelites. And all I'm saying with that, I don't know how that all works, but all I do know is that Moses approached God in a way where it wasn't fixed. This isn't the end of the conversation. God allows me to approach him for whatever reason, right? I mean, I think it's Hebrews that says we can approach the throne of grace with confidence, right? And so whatever those type of teachings say to me, at least we should, at least begin to approach God with an idea that, hey, I don't know why you would answer a person like me, but but you clearly teach me to, so I'm going to, and teach me how to pray. You know, like, I think we can keep coming back to that. Does that make sense? I know one of the things I'm, I'm trying to do right now in, in practice to, to reconcile some of this, my lack of prayer, I think the symptoms I'm going to show in, in a few minutes show that I need, I need to enter into this discipline. So one thing I've tried to do now the past couple weeks is all right, 30 minutes, I'm going to do a set time of prayer. And this is not the only way to engage this discipline, but it's the one I'm choosing, at least for right now, is to sit there and like, God, I don't take you seriously in prayer. I've been a Christian for 12, 13 years, however long it is now, and prayer is not a super central part of my life, and I want to see what you have to teach me. And that's where I'm sitting, at least. Um, Let me just go over a couple different types of prayer, because Monique hit on that, we've hit on that. There are numerous types of prayer and that's also important. I think that's also something God will show us. As far as, like, what do we need right now? Um, so prayer of centering. The idea in this pr- type of prayer is just this idea that we are going to center our life around God. So that can be meditation, that can be uh, verbally, but just this idea of make my life more, may it center around here my thoughts, my ambitions, my desires, those type of things. May it center around God. Um, prayer of guidance. This is a time where, where you sit and, and Look for God's leading direction. And yes, these are the times where I sit there and go like, I don't hear anything back. Like most of the times when I am like, what, what should I be doing with my day-to-day God? You know, like let's just let's throw scrap my ideas. I've got a free Saturday. What do you want to do? Uh, most of the time I don't feel like I hear back, to be honest. But that doesn't mean I don't think we should keep going to him. Okay, so just the guidance over life decisions over what you're doing with life. Um, mental prayer. I think uh, if you read... Brother Lawrence and his practicing the presence of God. One of his big things is prayer is not just something you sit down and do. He, you know, one of his famous lines is is that my prayer times while I was washing the dishes and doing daily chores were the same as my as my set times of prayer. Like for him, his whole life became a prayer. It became a constant, uh, continual conversation with God that he was entering into. You know, when you meet someone, how often do you? you know, pray for them when you meet them. Um, I don't, usually. Uh, prayer of rel- relinquishment. A lot of the times, I know we can all relate with this, is things in life just catch up to us and we are frustrated over them and we keep thinking, you know, the test you failed, the, the whatever is just gnawing at you day after day, hour after hour. A prayer of relinquishment is to sit there and say, wait a minute, like, why am I worrying incessantly about this? You know, what's happened is that, you know, why, why can't I just give this back to God? Why can't I sit before Him and, And let go of of a certain thing and so i've known this numerous times where i'm sitting there i'm a anxiety type of person i will worry incessantly about the same thing over and over again prayer of relinquishment is to let that go Um, prayer journaling is just more of a practice than a type of prayer but many people really benefit from uh, writing down their prayers and and entering into that as well um prayer of adoration how often do we just sit and, and pray to the Lord and acknowledge his love and his goodness and just that, that especially is that kind of uh, relationship building just sitting before him and, and giving praise whether that's through song or word or anything else but just adoring God and one that I totally miss was intercession um, and there are numerous other types but praying for other people is, is intercession um. Um, where
1: are you getting this list from is it somebody just went to how they
0: these are a few, um, I mean, I, I picked some from, from readings and some from my own life. I mean, there are people who make prayer lists that there's 20 different classifications. I mean, they're extremely subjective, to be honest. But these are, ty- these are ways of expanding, like, okay, prayer is only when I sit and pray for you know this person or, or that there are numerous types of prayer and forms of praying. Um, and so I felt like th- that's what I was trying to highlight. So symptoms, this is where we want to try to think about if this is a discipline that we need to enter into more. Um, First, I want to say just on our spectrum, we talked about each of these disciplines. Part of the problem is people teach them. We need to do them all simultaneously, all at the same time with the same fervor and effort. Like part of what we want this series to be is highlighting which ones should I enter into right now in my life. On that spectrum, I do believe that prayer is one that's going to be more often. Like fasting, you couldn't even do that every day of your life, right? Like you would die <laughs> if you're doing uh, fasting over food. I mean, there are other types of fast as well. But I'm just highlighting the idea that some of these disciplines are going to be more often than other. I would argue that prayer is going to be more, more often. But let's evaluate our prayer life a little bit. So some of the symptoms. You do not regularly spend time apart from others with God. I do see a value to, to that individual time. I am not uh, you know, I'm also big on communally, uh, praying with one another and, and uh, interacting with God with other people. I'm not, let's not take the Western individualism where the only time with God is good when you do it alone. I, I don't agree with that. But I also agree that there is great value to setting aside specific times where we can directly just sit before God and, and, and do that. So if that's something that's not a regular routine, prayer might be something that's lacking in your life. Second, you notice that you go through the day with long droughts of not acknowledging God's presence. This one is one of the strongest for me when I sat there and said, yeah, a lot of the time I I do my daily events, or even if, let's say I do my so-called, you know, I get up in the morning and do my half hour hour with with the Lord, reading scripture, praying, you know, all those things. And then I just go throughout the day and and you just realize, I don't think until right before I go to bed, because that's another set time of prayer for me personally. I don't know how much I really even acknowledge God, uh, said a word of adoration, said, said anything, thought anything of God. Um, that's bothersome to me. That shows me I'm not acknowledging his presence. I'm not trying to uh, know him more or experience him and things like that. Uh, three, you don't have any regular routines of prayer. I, again, think there's great value into some of those set times, while at the same time acknowledging that's not the only type of prayer or the only way to acknowledge that or to say that my prayer life is good because I I do this set time and that means it's it's good but if you don't it might mean that prayer is something we should be you should be entering into you rarely pray with other people on a weekly basis this is where even when we look at at our community I feel like I mean maybe all of us are praying for our community when we're not together that may be a fact I have no idea cuz I haven't really talked with each of you about your prayer life over Exodus but I sat there and said you know I don't pray that often with other people from Exodus about our community about what God is doing in our midst different things like that that kind of bothers me you know um, so I, I do think there's a great value to communally praying with one another um, you have no desire to pray uh, that's that seems to be a, an obvious one where we need to sit with the Lord if, if we don't ever have a desire to, to sit and pray like it might that's that's where the discipline, thought comes in uh, where, yeah, prayer may never be something you desire. Like, you might go the rest of your life never really desiring to pray, but I think there's a value into, wait a minute, this is something God teaches, this is something God commands, let's, let's try to be disciplined and see if God transforms us. Like, he might, make, he might give me a desire to pray, right? Um, you don't have people you regularly pray for, or you find it difficult when you pray. Um, these are some of the symptoms. Anyone think of anything else or... or well,
8: I guess I'm still not sure what the point is. I just don't really know still what, like, I don't know how we're defining communion with God. Does that just mean, like, what kind of change should I expect? This is, this is going back to my earlier comment about Mother Teresa, because I don't think that doubt is a category of prayer, um, in that I think it's easy for us to, to, to say the word doubt, but you know, if you just take a person like her, her life, right? And this was like day in, day out, the, the bottom of society. And we say it abstractly, let's just doubt and you overcome it. Um, and I guess the question I'm asking is still like on like the truly human level, like on that personal kind of existential level. Like, I still don't understand what I should expect to see change. I still don't understand what I expect. That communion to look like because it's not just doubt. No, we're talking about everything bad and evil, and still does these things, right?
0: And that's but maybe that's. I would submit at least maybe something that allowed her to continue to do that throughout her life would be <laughs> prayer and and the things that. I, what I've noticed also when you when you even read when we read people who, who talk about prayer, they seem to be the most humble about it. They seem to be the most in tune with. You know, like uh, thinking about brother Lawrence, where he's saying, you know I had a thought that uh, you know I asked forgiveness for a thought that wasn't about God like that's that's in a realm that I wouldn't even think to do you know like I wouldn't even think to ask forgiveness for taking my mind off of God I mean he, he says the way to continually enter into the presence of God is when you when your uh, mind wanders, ask simple forgiveness and and center yourself on God again. I'm like, what like I do that all the time. Like, do you know iner- You know, random thoughts? And like, it seems that the people who enter into this discipline most strongly are the most humble. And so I'm convinced that there's some transformation going on there, even though they would sit there and, and say, well, actually, I've realized God's grace more and more. and Like, I see how wayward I am. And, and so people like Mother Teresa somehow sits there and continue to give her entire life. I think prayer's got to be in there <laughs> as, as far as empowering her and allowing her to I just think there is a transformative quality going on there.
6: I want to kind of add to that. I mean, the point of being a Christian is so that we can love God and love neighbor, right? And so loving God is an, an emotion, I think. It's, it's an act of love. And Mother Teresa did that her whole life, even in the most, in the points of doubt. So to me, her prayers are her doubt, whatever it is, the way she decided to be in communion with God. We know that she was because she loved God, she loved favor to the very end. So how in the world would she not be in communion
2: with God? I think we're starting to make Mother Teresa the basis of, like, standard <laughs> That, too. <laughs>
5: it
2: could be that Mother Teresa prayed for forty years and didn't get anything back, and it could be that she doubted. I mean, I think that ultimately, like, what we're really trying to get to is that we would pray if we would hear back, like, maybe we don't believe that we will. We would ask if we thought he would answer like we would do these things and i think there's a part of us that just doesn't believe that god do these things and mother Teresa could be a great example or a horrible example we can't face our life and our prayer on her but i think our fundamental place is that we're having struggles like just understanding will this really do anything and there's so much bad theology that surrounds prayer and so much conflicting theology in the church that surrounds prayer that we all just chuck it and go forget it i mean i'm confused and i'm not sure i get it so maybe we just stop, or just I just don't do it at all because if this really did what it says it did, I can't imagine how every one of us wouldn't
3: want to do this, all right? Phil, we need to have some concept of like what should be the result of prayer. Like, you can't just treat God as like a genie in a bottle type of thing. Like, and if, even if the goal is just communion with God, like, well, how do I know when I've how do I know when, I, when I'm doing it right? Like, and it's so like you say, well, maybe we should just keep praying all the time. And that idea to me is ridiculous. Like, oh, whenever I'm not thinking about God, I should ask for forgiveness. Like, how can I interact with the world at all if I'm only thinking about God all the time? Like, realistically, and so there has to be some balance. And like, how do we know whether we've reached at least a healthy enough balance that we say, well, okay, I'll have some communion with God. Like, now I can strive for more. If we don't even, like, I don't feel like I know what that looks.
0: Like. All right. So, so Paul's command to pray without ceasing do you take it seriously because right cuz i've always been one to cast that out and say that's not possible so i just won't even uh, try to attain all one thing i can say is with reading brother Lawrence and things like i think that can be done and are we even trying to pray without ceasing like is that even on the table like maybe for for us is the the basic steps are just saying wait a minute let let me learn about prayer again you know is paul just full of it, or or can we actually pray without ceasing, Jeremy? Uh,
8: yeah, i was just gonna say I'm certainly not arguing that Mother Teresa or Henry Nowlin, but if we are engaging in disciplines, areas where we are supposed to be refocusing and retuning, then you look to a teacher in some sense.
0: Um, I think you bring up a good point because it's on my, my next thing is find a mentor who can teach you to pray. Has anyone ever? done that? Just wondering, because I haven't either. Um, has anyone ever had someone, Jim, tell, tell us anything about that.
5: I married a woman who uh, has known the Lord since she was three, she said. I, I came to the Lord at age 37. And my wife has a very intimate, uh, longing prayer life with the Lord. And through her, I've grown to understand the power, the changing power, the intimate power, the cleansing power." The healing power of prayer. Uh, Before we married, I would say I was, whatever you are, Morgan, whatever stage you are, put me about ten steps behind. We pray together every night now. And it always boggles my mind when people say they're entering into, they're they're doing the discipline but not connecting with God. I've never had that. And I've asked my wife about it, and she said she's never had it. And so I was looking, oh, are we so righteous, Lord? What's with us? And what I discovered is sometimes I feel distant because of my sin. And when I'm convicted of sin, if I harden, I get distant from God. But if I walk into the light with the Lord through prayer and community and confess my sin, which I have to do this week, it never ceases that His grace touches me. And I come into communion with Him, realizing again how much I need to be rescued. The second thing, I just want to make a comment about the gentleman, this this person here who said, How in the world are we going to pray without ceasing and be able to live life? John said, Mother Teresa is not our benchmark, Jesus is our benchmark. Jesus did nothing, said nothing, that the Father didn't tell him to say or do. And I think he lived a pretty productive life in the world, didn't he? Somehow he was modeling for us this intimate communion with God through his prayer life, in perpetual communion with God, Sometimes he spoke, sometimes he didn't. Sometimes he acted, sometimes he didn't. And he said, I did it because I did everything that the Father told
0: me to do. Yeah, it's just a thought is to find someone who, you know, who you can learn under to pray. Because I, I, I'm very convinced that that a teacher is is the only way to begin growing in this area. I wish I... I knew someone off the top of my head who was local who I sat there and said, like, this, this person someone I want to live under, learn under for this specifically. But I'd really suggest, you know, if you have people in your life who, who you consider, you know, those spiritual uh, guides to you and evaluate them, ask them, ask, you know, ask them, probe their minds, probe everything they have, uh, and, and maybe begin to, to learn discipline under them. I, I don't know, but that's one thought. Um, another thought is buying books on prayer and I'm more of a fan of of some of the more ancient writers or or theologians I mean there's some I think there's so many books of prayer but if you want if you have these deep questions that we seem to have in this room uh, I think the best way is to really go to people who have spent numerous years of their life and and wrote something for us I think there's a lot to be said for a very credible source Begin establishing a set time of prayer and have someone hold you accountable. I think one of the things we just need to begin to do to sit there and say like if I need to start learning about this, this is one of the ways I'm personally starting to to reconcile this in my life is just okay, I'm going to start doing this set thing. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what exactly I'm even expecting <laughs> to, to get back. I'm just sitting here saying I think this is important so I'm going to start doing it. Another one that's uh, an ancient practice is praying the hours for a day of the week so... Uh, six, nine, twelve, three, six, nine, and then just before bed, or, or twelve again. If you go six a.m. to twelve, it's long. Um, there, I mean, there are numerous people who, it, even in their job descriptions, will will pull away, and 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 go and pray for a while at these times to to recenter themselves, to intercede for others, to to do numerous types of things. But just one of those practical ways, um, begin establishing greeting prayers. This is something just people have talked to me about where. How many people do we come into contact with each day that we aren't saying that mental prayer? We aren't even trying, like part of prayer to me is, is walking in the way of, of a lifestyle that prayer is a part of it, um, that is a central part of it. And, and so uh, there are numerous people who see people and immediately mental prayer for them. Uh, it was one of the things for my mission trip this summer that she encouraged every time we, uh, you know, held the hand of a child or, or looked into their eyes like our, at least she was trying to train us to sit there and, say a prayer for them remember why we're here we're not just stomping around in Africa just for the heck of it like we have a mission and a goal and and prayer needs to be at the center of that and so that was something practical sh- that she gave us um, consider a short personal retreat uh, for a day to jump jumpstart a more prayer-filled life um, just another thought I think again that this is worth taking time um, and and doing that in a more concentrated effort and then finally uh, Lectio Divina is an exercise that Uh, it involves scripture and if you if you go to google i mean you can google lectio divina it's basically it's like you you read through certain scriptures and you try to uh pray through them basically and so there's four different parts to it and it's an exercise that takes about 45 minutes to an hour um and uh so again just just a few ideas are there any other thoughts or any yeah megan well just kind of simply i think maybe one of the best ways
4: to get into practice do it. I know for me, a lot of times I get kind of stunned when I think about prayer because I just feel like, I just did not even know where to start, I don't even know how to go about it. Right. And um, a Bible study leader one time was like, just tell God that. I feel like, God, I don't even know how I should be praying, but like, you better gonna try and I'll just give it that much. So I, I feel like, yeah, I, I feel like just taking a little step sometimes, build momentum.
0: Right, and hopefully some of these are just some starters, like just some ideas, because that's exactly the problem. It's a huge, like what am I supposed to do? Yeah, Monique.
4: Like I just think it's it's so dangerous to be like, this is how you pray, here's the set thing. Get on your knees, this is how you do it, and this is how you start it, and this is what you say. Like,
0: I don't think there's an exact formula, but I'm deeply intrigued by what other people are saying on how they pray, and, and that's where I, I talk about that discipline. Like, you know, I mean, Lectio Divina has been happening for, Almost since the beginning of Christianity, I mean, it's a very early uh, Catholic practice. Like, I'm interested in saying, okay, this is one, this is something that has been done for centuries. Why not try doing this and just see what happens? I mean, that's where it kind of combines that idea of like, this is one way that people have said this is a a good way to pray, one good way to pray, not the only, but something to to look into and to try. Yeah, John. I have affirm all the
2: things that are on your list. I want to add one more. Um, one of them is Matthew six, which you alluded to earlier. Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. So for those of us who don't know where to start, you should praise the Lord's Prayer not as a thing you have to follow, not as the only prayer, but it's actually a model of prayer. And we spent about six weeks talking about the model of the Lord's Prayer. It's on our website, another prayer talk, just for that purpose, to say it didn't mean like every time you pray, you must pray this prayer, but there's in it a model that he gave, and we went through it line by line and it helped to free up, like, oh, that's what I was looking to for. That might be how. It's just a model, and this is one that's given to us by Jesus. It's another way to look at it and understand why he made each of those lines known. There's a, there's a lot of deep meaning behind each of the lines in the
1: Lord's Prayer. Yeah.
0: All right. I agree. Um, I want to leave just a few, very few prayer references, um, because there are so many. Uh, but these are some of the few that I've, I've that have been helpful. Um, Richard Foster's Celebration of Disciplines is where I got a lot of the stuff from today. Um, it's only a small chat. Like his Celebration of the Disciplines is all of them. And so it's not a real in-depth one. It's, it's more, uh, more brief on them. But the other ones like Practicing the Presence of God, George Buttrick's uh, Prayer, um, and then Thomas Merton's Contemplative Prayer, like those are going to be more in-depth, uh, where some of these questions that we're asking, at least they have some answers to, whether you agree or disagree. I mean, at least they've got some light to shed um, that I think are very worthwhile. Obviously, this is an extremely humbling topic. I mean, I sat there this whole week going, we, we could do months on this subject. You know, I know that we have not covered <laughs> everything. I was hoping that this is a conversation starter, that this is something uh, that can open us up to the fact that we don't know lots about prayer in this room. Like, we, we need to continue to learn. So these are hopefully some, some helpful references. Um, let me go ahead and close us with some prayer, and then we will go forward. Father, we thank you, uh, God, for gathering us today. We thank you, uh, Lord, that you are worth this time and and our thoughts and and um, God. I just pray that you would teach us how to pray, Lord. That we would learn from you. That we would learn from others who, um, who have something to teach us. God, I pray that you would give us strength and courage and and wisdom and insight into something. Com- extremely complex. Um, Lord, so we thank you for who you are. Uh, We thank you for your son. And uh, just pray this in your gracious name. Amen. Amen.